day six of a road trip. Yesterday we went to White Sands National Park and tomorrow we're going to Carlsbad Caverns National Park. We just got here in Carlsbad, New Mexico and today Mia finally reunited with her parents who were stuck in Tucson, Arizona waiting for their car to get fixed. And then tomorrow something big's happening that, that Matthew's <laughs> gonna tell us all about. He's gonna say what, what's happening. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so uh, my family is uh, going to Texas tomorrow for uh, three days, two nights, and uh, we are attending a wedding there. And uh, once we get back, we're going to go to the Carlsbad Caverns ourselves uh, without the rest of the group. And then we will finally uh, meet up again in Santa Fe. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah even, though, even though we just did a podcast like two days ago, we're doing one last little... Aww, little one. mini mini podcast yeah yep. because we'll see you if know, it's mini. <laughs> we're not gonna see matthew for a couple days so we gotta just keep the talking talking like though we days. will have one that's just me mia and emma so yeah because we're gonna do way more stuff than them yeah actually so we're just doing different stuff but yeah. you know we're gonna keep going with the national park road trip and then we're gonna go to the wedding so it'll be different um today we have one question from a friend Haley, and her question for our podcast is what do we do on drive days guys mm. we interesting said it question interesting question well um, should we each go around and we, say? yeah we can each go around and say okay all right i know so i me oh. actually why don't you go first <laughs> i personally <laughs> i watch a little bit of tv um make spotify playlists <laughs> for the places we go to <laughs> Um, and listen to music. That's really about it. How exciting. It's really riveting. Wow. Oh, wow. So, when I, on drive days, personally, I try to sleep away most of the drive. Like and <laughs> sometimes I usually watch something on my phone, play some games, and usually um, make friendship bracelets. So, yeah. Good times. Good so times. what I usually do on drive days is I, I mainly m listen to music and then I try to sleep. Not very successful at doing so. <laughs> and well, are you uh, in the middle seat? So. Yeah, I'm in the middle seat. So, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, sometimes we play uh, Crazy 8, right? Oh, yeah. Our group chat does play Crazy Game 8. Pigeon Game is Pigeon is a classic. Yep. Yeah. And then, but we also have a tiny tower competition going right now. It's oh, we yeah. get the most floors by the last day, so that's what we're all doing in the car. Also. Yeah. Very exciting, except Mia is beating everyone. So. Yeah, this, is Andrew. this is Andrew, uh, Matthew's brother. Hello. What I do on drive days is I usually try to drink a lot of water beforehand, so that way I don't oh. have to drink any during the car ride, so then I don't have to go <laughs> to the bathroom as often. Oh. So then... <clears throat> While I'm hydrated and everything, I usually listen to music for the uh, for the beginning half. So then once we get on like the straightaway highways, then I usually like take a break and tr either sleep or play some video games to pass the time. Because it's way easier to focus on the straightaways because yeah. you don't get as sick as much. But yeah, that's usually what I do. Ethan, Ethan what do you do in the car ride? Ethan. This so is Ethan. Ethan. Matthew's so I'm Ethan. I'm Matthew's brother as well. And what I do on drive days is I usually at the beginning of the car ride, I just try and sleep away most of it as much as I can. And then once that kind of dies down, I can't really sleep anymore. I uh, try to listen to music. And then once like the last hour or so comes down, I usually just play some video games and pass the last hour to get through it. Yeah. Nice. 
Today's drive was painfully long. I thought it was only going to be two hours. And it was like five. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because the roads were It was way too out. long. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of flooding I on our drive today, long. actually. So it was longer than expected. Um, on drive days, I get car sick easily. So <laughs> I have to look up most of the time. So I don't really watch TV. But I usually listen to music and podcasts. And sometimes I knit. Because it's, <laughs> it's fun. I taught Mia how to knit the other day. You can knit while you're in the car? Yeah. Because it's just like something sick. for your hands to do. Well, you don't have to look at it. You can just, you can just go. She's, like, she's really wow. good. <laughs> and then when I get here, I always take a fat nap. Oh, always, <laughs> I can't sleep in the car. Nap. I can't ever sleep in the car, <laughs> so I'm so nap. tired. Fat, fat nap. It's all the same. Yeah. So yeah. good. You need a nap to get through the rest of the yeah. day because it's tiring sitting in that car. Yeah. yeah. Well, also today Emma took Dramamine for the first time and she did not enjoy it. It is hitting it. her hard. It is it hitting, hitting her hard. really hard. Really, really hard. It was not a good day. Yeah. yeah. So that's drive days. Submit your questions to us. Woo! Woo! Science with Dad. But on bump. We are here with the long-awaited Science with Dags segment. And so today we're gonna talk about the first two national parks we went to. Um, my dad, me, me and Julia, <laughs> sorry, Julia and I's father will be talking about Saguaro. And then Mia's no, dad. No, that's not true. wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. He will, he will be talking Our about dad. Our dad will be talking about white sands, and Mr. Anderson will be talking about saguaro. <laughs> Mr. Anderson is my dad, by the way. So my dad's gonna talk about saguaro. Saguaro. Yeah, saguaro. Saguaro and P. And P. And P. Oh. Park. Okay. And P. Oh, not and P. Oh, I thought you said. Saguaro and P. I mean, okay. And P as a national park. It's kind of. It's in the pool. It's usually in the bathroom. Alright. Cool, okay. Mr. Magnus. Hopefully not on the floor. Um, so I'm talking about White Sands. Yes. Some science facts. Well, according to... Well, I'm just citing one little part about... Only just because I looked this up. So it doesn't really talk... So it does say that White Sands is tucked away in the Tularosa Basin in southern New Mexico. So that's what it's talking about. It's the largest gypsum dune field in the world. White Sands National Park preserves more than half of this oasis. It's a shallow water spot in the plants and animals living here so but i did mr anderson talk to my daughters while we we're at white sands about what a dune is they didn't seem completely excited with my answer but i did talk to them what? about what a dune was well so this is because i used to teach about dunes okay. part of my curriculum so <laughs> so so i'm gonna tell them because part of the charge that we were supposed to do is when they told you like so we brought boogie boards and we got a couple sleds right. and they said pick I think they said pick an east facing slope right I think, so what that tells you or what that told me is that they were telling you to pick a steeper slope they right. were basically telling you to take the gnarlier slope right right so something can break your back I mean it's been done before I think from dune knowledge if I remember my dune knowledge correctly there's the windward slope and then there's the 
slope face. Is that correct? Do you remember that? No? I, I think it's the windward slope and the slope face. So by being the east side, it's gnarlier, so that's the slope face. So right. that's, the, that's the spot that's steeper. So the windward slope is where it builds. Right. So the windward means that that's going with the wind. So if they're telling you to take the east, that means the wind is going from west to east. So it's blowing the sand from west to east and it's building on something. So anyways, here's, here's my knowledge about dunes. So dunes are usually found like at beaches or in deserts. So obviously we're not right. near an ocean, so it's probably a desert, right? Uh -huh. So the way a dune is built is because the sand is being blown across a desert and it hits a barrier. So now I haven't like researched White Sands National Park, but we were there and from like what I saw, I mean, there there could be some larger rocks. I didn't really see rocks, but I did see a lot of yucca plants. So I'm assuming that a lot of these yucca plants get buried by the dunes because the sand is blowing at them. It's a barrier. And then therefore what happens is it just gets bigger and bigger. And so it accumulates over these. I mean, there could be a whole bunch of other stuff that's in there. It's probably hilly or whatever, but all these big right. old dunes, dunes are just blowing all around. And some of the things I read there too is it's constantly shifting. Like they're constantly, one of the, one of the, um, there were some signs posted and one of the signs was talking about how like these guys are constantly out there, like fixing the roads and moving the, moving the sand because it's always blowing. So they're always having to fix the roads and move the sand because it, it always, yeah, it gets shifted and buried. So as the wind moves, so does the sand, right? So that's what a dune field is like. So again, we've been to some different dunes. We were at Florence, Oregon coast, Florence, Oregon coast. We have some dunes in California, like in Pismo, a lot of people go to. Um, that's Those are beach dunes, obviously, but out here in New Mexico, we got White Sands National Park. So windward slope, slope face. I mean, I remember those parts. And did again, you guys go down the windward side? No, no, you go down. No, but you didn't. You didn't no, no, you walk up down? the windward side because that's less steep. So you just kept going? Well, I mean, technically we kept going up the slope face too to get back up right. and sled down it, but it's steeper to go up the slope face than the windward slope. It was but. very exhausting because we kept going up the slope face. But yeah. if you just keep putting your feet in the tracks that were already made, it was a little bit easier. Yeah. The sand was pretty packed. You didn't have oh, to use wax on those boards. We did. We, we did. put some wax oh, on them. We probably did didn't help? need much I don't know. Not I don't sure. Think it Possibly? Question it was already wet. Like the sand was like it was raining the day before we got yeah. there and it started raining when we left. So moving on to Saguaro National Park. <laughs> NP. NP. So I'm gonna talk about the NP first. Oh, sorry, Saguaro. Saguaro, not Saguaro. At the Saguaro National Park pool when I was in there, there was some NP in the Cool. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just mine, but that water was warmer than it should have been. I think it was some of us. Mia's in pee. Julia's in pee. I don't know. But anyway, Saguaro National Park. The dominant plant species is the saguaro, hence the name. It's in the Sonoran Desert, so it's not just in that one location, but it's throughout Arizona, New Mexico as well. The saguaro is all over the place. They can grow up to 40 feet. Which is than me. crazy. Whoa. It's I like five Eric's. Maybe a little more than five. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm uh, basically seven. Uh, no, more like six. Six and five twelves. So. <laughs> so do some division. Do some division. Which they generally, I mean, they can be up to 150 years old. 
what's the craziest thing that I read was that you know typically you picture the saguaro with the arms sticking out it's like the typical desert cactus but those arms don't form for like 30 40 years sometimes even longer than that before they start growing arms so the arms increase how many flowers they can have the flowers it's the the saguaro itself is an angiosperm and the clad angiosperm it's a, which means that it's a flowering plant has to be pollinated those flowers are opening up at night the craziest thing i saw with the saguaros is the number of seeds that are formed um, one of the one of the times we were walking through i don't know if it was a ring-tailed cat but there was some scat which is a fancy word for poop there was some scat with, which had seeds in it in like a perfect worm-shaped turd um, that was from some animal eating the the actual seed pods um, and the flowers like littered everywhere so it's one way that the seeds get spread throughout uh, the, the desert and the, the all kinds of animals are dependent upon the soils all kinds of birds uh, owls bats they're pollinated by different insects the moths are using them at night so those flowers opening up during the evening hours and then closing during the day which is pretty obvious and like I said the arms themselves have uh, multiple flowers uh, branching from them which is also going to be a food source um, we saw all kinds of critters there I, one of my favorite animals that we saw when we were there was the zebra tailed lizard it was really cool it had stripes on its body black and white we don't really know if they're black body with white stripes or white body with black stripes kind of like zebras um, and then no maybe it's possible in the Sonoran Desert they're black and white and the tails when they lift up the striping on the back of it is like it scares predators and then they, when they run they end up going back down into the sand and blending and really really well so uh, that is kind of an interesting deal with the zebra uh, tailed lizards uh, we saw bats when we were there in the evening eating lots of insects and moths um, what else that's pretty much it the winds down a cool whipping through the spines and yeah that'll, I think, what it was else hot there. It was hot. Oh, it was unbelievably it was really hot. hot. My truck died in Tucson. It was terrible. So. <laughs> they heard about that. Yeah. yeah. We had a Science with Dad disclaimer on the last episode. Like, disclaimer, Science with Dad will not be continued due yeah. to the separation. Ay, ay, ay. Stranded. No good. But I think it's fixed. We'll see when we're in Albuquerque or Santa Fe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Bye. See y'all later. Next Science Facts, Carl's Bad. Amazing Critters in Carl's Bad. Okay, and moving on to our history and fun fact segment um, about White Sands National Park. So a little background um, is that it was actually a national monument um, for a while, since 1933, and then it became a national park in 2019, which is very recently. We actually saw a lot of signs that weren't updated and still said National Monument. True. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was also some cool, there was, there's not very many plants since it is mostly sand, but there was some interesting plants. <laughs> this is called white sand. It is called white sand. So fun fact, in the sandy dune areas, um, plants do something called stem elongation, where um, when this, there's some sort of avalanche or something and the sand covers them, they like sprout up so that they can like stay above the sand and survive. Which is pretty cool. Wow, cool. 
Another fun fact, <laughs> um, yucca grow tall just to keep, keep their leaves above the sand, get that nutrients from the sun. Cool. Gotta get those nutrients. <laughs> this next fun fact is about some wildlife. I did not see any wildlife at this park. I only saw sand. Did someone see a ladybug? Oh, someone saw a ladybug. That's good. That's good. Okay, so the animals at this park are earless lizard and... Apache. Apaches. The Apache pocket mouse. Mice. And mice. Sorry, Sorry, mice. We're not going to do the grammar bad thing again. They are both have a lighter color so they can be protected from the heat and predators. And I'm guessing also so they can blend into the sand better. Yes, it's White Sands, but yeah. Okay. What did we do at White Sands National Park, guys? Mia will talk about a lot of uh, sand, sand sledding. Sandboarding. <laughs> Sandboarding. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, there were a lot of dunes there, so we, we uh, boarded down on wakeboards or... Um, wakeboards? Boogie boards. Boogie boards. Boogie boards. Boogie boards. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you guys got something different though, right? Um, yeah, we actually went at the gift shop. We rented, like, the sleds that they sell. Um, and they, like, were okay. Some people liked them better than the boogie boards. I personally liked the boogie boards better, though. Same. I felt like they were yeah. more balanced. I don't know. And the wax know. wasn't really needed that much. Uh, the sand, it was pretty soft already. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like kinetic packed. sand. Yeah. It felt like kinetic sand when you picked it, was, it up. It was soft, but really packed at the same time. So it was yeah. it was easier to uh, board down. But I do yeah. think that was just because it rained the day before. So the sand kind of felt like when you go to the beach. And I, based off of pictures, like it didn't look like normal pictures of the sand. So that was interesting. Okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Okay, so we're back for another memorable moment. So if you didn't already know, we're asking a different member of our camping group every podcast episode one of their favorite memorable moments of either a camping trip before the these this like group or or a trailer trip from one of these road trips. So today we have my grandma, which me and Julia call Mimi, and she is going to tell us a story. Okay, I'm going to tell you the story of how I fell in love with the mountains. And even though it wasn't officially a camping trip, I went on a trip with my parents when I was about 12. And I it was the longest trip I had ever been on. It was four days. Ooh. And I had never been to Mammoth, and we went to Mammoth. And I had never fished, and so my dad rented us poles and so my mom and I fished and we caught we each caught our first fish but we had no way to put it anywhere because we didn't have any equipment except a hook and a pole and some bait so um, my mom when I caught my first fish she carried it up to our cabin and gave it to my dad and then she ran back down because I was still fishing and so then we fished some more and then she caught her a fish. And so she, we both ran up there and took it to my dad. And then I came up and I was told that it was time for me to get my bath. So, okay. So when I came in the cabin, I realized that the two fish were swimming around in the sink oh. because my dad didn't like to kill anything. And so um, while I was in the 
tub and getting ready, I guess the fish got cooked. But that whole thing introduced me to the mountains and the smell of the mountains and made me want to go to the mountains. And so that started a long time of getting there, camping, however I could get there. Our honeymoon was at Mammoth. Oh, so, did not yeah. know that. Fun so, fact. There you go. All right. Thank you, Mimi, for coming on the podcast today. <laughs> yeah. um, hope everyone enjoyed that little segment on how Mimi started liking camping. Yes. I thought you were going to say that the fish were in the bathtub with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not witness the demise of the fish. Oh, that's probably better. <laughs> yes. All right. Better. Catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you, Mimi. Yeah. yeah.